This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sometimes in life, it's the smallest of margins that frustrate us most. Missing the bus by a minute, the lottery being one number out on all of your chosen numbers, the two minutes extra you leave the cake in the oven and then it burns, and of course, being second top scorers in the division, but being just one goal short of finishing in the playoffs. There's so many moments over the course of the season that we could pinpoint and say that that was it. But in truth, it's an accumulation of a number of factors that saw Mansfield Town fall short by the narrowest of margins. Tonight on the final Mansfield Matters podcast of the season, we'll head back through the season and share our thoughts on the campaign as a whole, discussing the highs and the lows of the journey we've all been on. We'll also cast our eye to the future as Nigel Clough signs his new contract for a further season. The retain list also has been released with zero shot. Bye, Danny. As ever, we welcome and value your comments and opinions in the live feed. So come and have your say for one final time on your team. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Proud to be part of the TalkSport fan network. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. It's been a long old season where the finest of margins really did leave us <sighs> exaggerated, out of breath, frustrated, you name your superlative. That's what happened at the end of the 2022-23 campaign. Thanks so much for joining us over the course of the season. We're here for one final time to discuss all things Mansfield Town, to look back over the course of the season, over the next 90 minutes and Get it all out of the way and prepare ourselves up here in our heads, ready for the new campaign. Joining me tonight, we've got a whole host of guests. Yes, it's not just me and here. We've tried to do something fancy now. We've got not one, but, ready for this, two cameras. There we go. I'm there as well. Look at that. Happy days. Uh, joining me in the room tonight, long-serving stalwarts of the Mansfield Matters podcast. Good evening to Clive Parkin. 
Good evening, Craig. Good evening to Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts fame. Good evening, Craig. And always refer to you as that. Have you noticed that? Every single time, it's always Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts fame. It's the only fame I get. Exactly. Uh, Alan Wilson, the man of the voice. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody. And after a superb appearance last time via mobile phone, we've got him here in person. He replaces Cam Felton in a late substitution tonight. Let's say hello for a second appearance on the podcast. To Jim Evans, good evening, welcome, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Thank you. Good to have you with us. Uh, as always, um, we apologise in advance if anything tech-wise goes belly up. Um, we'll just call it a little bit like our season, where you know everything's in line to work perfectly, but something might happen and it might drop out at some point. But we'll try our best to uh, persevere at some point tonight as well. It won't just be us five in the room. We are going to be heading global as we catch up with our Norwegian stag. Internet connections pending and all of that uh, stuff in between. Um, but as always, we value your comments at home as well. So come and have your say on your team to talk all things 2022-2023. Um, Lots of you already saying um, hello and good evening. Uh, as Jamie says, it's been a season of ups and downs, a lot of injuries, but not having the right people to cover has cost us big time. Absolutely, we'll delve into that uh, shortly. Before we delve into the season as a whole, let's go through uh, the, the, the five of us here and talk about that final day at Colchester. Because, Jim, we were um, one goal shy in the end, mm. and there was a split second in my head where I thought, we might just do it here. Did you have the same thought? Did you have the same thought? Uh, I did. When Leighton Orient went well for Bradford, I thought... Uh... After they lost 3 0 to Stockport, I thought they're going to want to you know, do the job here at Bradford. And when we went 1 0 up as well, I thought, yeah. And then when Bradford equalised, I just thought, mm, maybe not. Then obviously, when we scored and then Salford went 1 down, I thought, yeah, you know, that um, just wasn't to be. But I think it just sums up the season, really. Alan, you were sort of saying beforehand when we were sort of sort of outside in the garden having a bit of a catch up that you actually you believed you were one of. Only a few to say that we would actually finish in the playoffs this season. So what was it about Nigel plus Mansfield that made you think, actually, we, we can do this? I just thought we were good enough. With the players that we've got, we've got a few injury players back. But Keeler Dunn, when he hit the ball, my wife always got a thing that, you know, whenever she sees the ball hit the ball, that's it. Whoever hits the ball doesn't win. I thought, well, that, that's done it already then. But, you know, they gave it to good girl. I'm pleased to see Gail got on the score sheet again. So I think he will come good in the end. And it just, like Jim said, it wasn't to be. So close, but yet so far. Uh, Nick, there's a bit of an irony um, about what the shirts that you've brought with you tonight, isn't there? There is. It's the, oh, here uh, we go. No, not you. Interrupted by a podcast dog. Goodbye. Can just... Bursting it. It wasn't necessarily the one goal off. It was the the predicted position for the next season. Um, well, <laughs> even I'm not that optimistic. Uh, I, we were really close at the end of the day. I I think it's going to be a blessing in disguise missing out. And I know it's going to sound a bit strange, but I, I, I didn't feel the devastation that I felt in previous seasons where we just missed out. I think we were quite unprepared for the playoffs and not necessarily quite ready with a fit squad. I think we go again, a bit of a summer break. Um, but I started to believe about 84 minutes in, something like that. I thought... <laughs> Actually, it only really needs another Gillingham goal, and Hawkins missed a chance for the shirt didn't work last time. Um, <laughs> so and I thought one, one goal, yeah. yeah, one goal for them and a goal for us, which turned out we got in the end. You know, would have been enough, but yeah, it's close. But we'll go again next season. I think. Clive, it was very frustrating, wasn't it, when we were when we were watching it? Because, you know, the scores were filtering through. We were saying all the way down on the coach to 
not think too much of it, what will be, will be. But the longer the game went on, when we scored that second goal and we were pushing and we heard scores from elsewhere, I think we were all scream, trying to scream and get that ball across the line. We'd have taken anything, wouldn't we? Well, I never expected us to get into the playoffs. So in that respect, I've protected myself from disappointment. But um, of course, when you get that close, you just want something to happen. The fatalist in me said it's not going to happen. You know, no, the other teams that we require to do what they've got to do for us to be in that position don't like us enough to do it. And so uh, I don't think, on balance, I think finishing eighth was about right. It was what I've referred to earlier in the year as an upsy-downsy season. And I think where we finish is appropriate for what we actually achieved in the year. So disappointed on one level. I'm quite relieved. I think it'll share a bit of Nick's point here. Let's, let's put it behind us now. Use it as a platform to strike forward next year and hopefully have fewer injuries. Well, we can put it behind us in around an hour's time. We've still got to delve into it and we are now going to rip the plaster off. It was, in the end, um, Jim, one goal, which was the difference between seventh and eighth. One goal between having another shot at promotion. And I guess there were lots of niggly things all over the the season as well, which, which contributed to it. But when you look back through the season, I actually w- was looking back and I actually thought, I know what, what what's cost us. And it's not being prepared for that opening day at Salford. I think had we you know, gone into that game a little bit more prepared, a little bit more ready and started with a, a bit more of a bounce, that could have been the difference to go all the way back and think, actually... It, it, sometimes it's not how you start, it's how you finish, but how you start has a big impact, doesn't it? It does, but I, I think um, on reflection, because you, you get sort of time to think about it a bit more deeply when the season's finished, I think I think actually losing at Wembley last year is affecting the whole, being in the playoffs last year has affected this season, and it's made us a bit blunt this season. I really do. I, I, I only, I'm only a fan of being in the playoffs if you've got a really good chance of winning it, because I really do think you know, it's another month of pressure football in an already knackered squad. And it just costs you, you have a, a, an interrupted pre-season, which is vital to have a good season, to have a good following season. And I just think it's it costs us this season. And I think, uh, you know, the sort of emotional and physical hangover. And I think you'll see it next season with three of the four teams are in it now. I really do. And, um, it, it, yeah, I, I, tell you, I know what you mean. It's how you start, you know, we didn't start well at Salford, but... We know what our shortcomings are, but I think um, I, I, I agree totally with Nick. You know, I think it's a, a blessing in disguise that we're not in it this year. I think it all stands in good stead for August. Clive, when you look back through the season, Nigel Clough listed a number of different factors. What's the one pinpoint you go? That's the moment. Well, there are lots of them, but I, I go back right to the beginning of the season. How we didn't come away from from uh, Leighton Orient with a win. God only knows, because we controlled yeah. the game. We had a first-minute penalty, which we opted to miss. And, and their fans were coming out of the ground after that game on a stinking hot day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, couldn't, couldn't believe how they got the game, how they got the three points. So you could pick that one, but there are lots of others. And Gluff pretty much um, nailed it with his list, I thought. Yeah, he certainly did. Uh, Nick, if you were to pinpoint one particular moment in the season, which was the, the 1%. Adam Murray used to say it's the 1% which add up. And I think, you know, in, in reflection, he's absolutely right this season. What was the 1% for you? I think it was, I, I want to say 
reasonably end of the sort of very start of the season was those home games where we just were very, very lacklustre. I mean, we've got a list in front of us here, but the 2-0 the, the up at Hartlepool, and that was the best we'd played, I think, up to that point, potentially apart from the late Norwich game. We were 2-0 up and absolutely cruising against Hartlepool. They looked mm. a very poor side. Their fans were going home after about 70 minutes. Yeah. And when within 15 minutes, it was 2 all, And games like that, and I think then we lost, we lost a couple, I know we beat Warsaw, but we lost a couple after that. And I just think games like that happen too often. Barrow was another one. Were we not 2 0 up against Barrow and lost 3 2? Mm. Those games at home, I think, were the ones that cost us where we were comfortable and, and cruising and we just took our foot off the gas a little bit. They get one goal and all of a sudden, you, you know, you've dropped. There's five points there that you've dropped just with a little bit of uh, lack of constraint. I think those at home, we wouldn't have done that last season. That's the difference this year. We wouldn't have done that. I mean, away, you, you cannot, if you've gone to every away game this season, you've got your value for money. But I think at home, we've just been a little bit off it early season, and I think that's kind of what cost us for me. What do you think to contribute to that, Alan, the, the home form? Because if you look at the comparisons, uh, realistically, home home table, um, 13th, nine wins, eight draws, six defeats, 37 goals, uh, 31 conceded, a total of 35 points with a plus six goal difference. Um, you know, that's nowhere near good enough. You have to have a balance in, in there somewhere. What is it about our home form this season? Is it the atmosphere? Is it not being able to hold on onto a lead? Uh, lead? Is it the increased number of fans? What's done it? I think it's same as Nigel said in his end of season, uh, you know, roundup. It was the silly goals that let us down. You know, letting silly goals in. People, you know, not marking and doing as they should be. And like, you know, like when Kilgore came in, we didn't have so many of those, did we? You know, we kept quite a few clean sheets, but I think it's the silly goals that if they eradicate those and we still keep the same, you know, going forward, being the second top scorers, I think we'll be in for a better season next season. But I think it's just silly goals. It's an interesting one, uh, Jim, that because, you know, we talk about the, the goals and it being one goal which we lost out on, but we were second top scorers in the league. Yeah, don't be fooled, though. We, should, we had, what, 70, 72? We should have, we should have yeah. had 150. We should have had amount of chances we created. If we had, had someone, if we had Andy Cup this season, for me, you know, people gone about that goal we let in against Swindon or that goal we let in against the weather or Crawley. You know, we we we, we need five chances to score one goal and we, and we create them. We do, we just don't bury them. And I just, that's been the frustrating thing for me. Just... Yeah. Uh, Clive, are you worried about what could potentially come next season because we'll talk about the retain list in a, in a little while but one thing Nigel Clough sort of intimated at um, in that interview that he did was the fact that he doesn't necessarily feel like we need another striker. No, and you either buy that or you don't. Um, there are people who will be watching this and lots of people on the terraces say we definitely need a goal finisher, a striker, a fox in the box. We've not had that since Nicky Maynard, I suppose. And I think what we've, we've managed to do is to be joint or second top goal scorers despite that. So there's an argument that says you actually don't need the striker providing the rest of the team can, can uh, cough up the goals. And I, I think I buy that because you can't score as many goals as we did, albeit take Jim's point that we've wasted a lot of opportunities without a striker and it not be a valid alternative to have playing with a, a cook up front. If you take Cook out of uh, Bradford's season, they were, they'll be in the bottom third. Now, you, that's the dependency factor that we don't have. So it's a good thing in that respect. Um, but it's the good old-fashioned number nine that lots of people crave for. Well, we've not had one of those for a while. Mm. Nick, would you, would you 
where would you sit on it? Would you rather have that dependency? I mean, you look at a lot of last season when we had Reese Oates before his injury, obviously was, was scoring for fun and, and really carried us. Warsaw, you saw it this year with our friend Danny Johnson, didn't you? The first half of the season, they were flying. Had they kept hold of him, no doubt they'd have been in League One uh, now and Flynn would have still been in a job at Warsaw rather than uh, at Swindon, having been, been sacked. But would you rather have that dependency knowing that when it comes to the crunch, when it comes to these games in the season where we need that extra one or two goals, that we've got someone that 99% of the time is always going to pop up? I think you you do need. I mean, I'm I'm thinking back to promotion seasons. Chris Greenacre scored twice as many goals as the, Matt Green scored probably twice as many goals as the people. You do look at most teams who are successful and win things. They've generally got. You don't have to look at Notts County and Wrexham. Mm. You, I know the the ideal world is you get loads of goals from midfield, like you know Disleys and Lawrences of the world and Cordons, plus your striker. But I think I'd rather have somebody who you know that's going to get on the end of the chances, a bit like Clive said, um, because. You, you can't always rely. We've had loads of goals. Looking down the list of goal scorers there, there's probably 10 other players who have scored goals. But I just think we need that someone just to sort of propel that front. Like, is it, you don't feel like you've got anyone leading the line. They're all a bit bit part players, aren't they? Oates, Swan, Bowery. They're all playing off other people, not really leading the line. I think we do need that. Um, most successful teams do. I can't say it fills me with much confidence, Clough's comments about not getting a striker. And I think that might be just be taking the expectancy away uh, a little bit, Alan, because, you know, we have lost Will Swan back to, to Nottingham Forest. We might not get him again. Never fall in love with his own players. That's uh, that's certainly true. Uh, but in terms of uh, this season, we talk about the goals being an impact of the thing. We can't not talk about it. And I'm going to have a little rant later on. Um, not like you, can I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Got it at the end of this. Got it for the last podcast, haven't you? Um, but tactically... The tactical direction we've gone in this season, I take my hat off to Clough and say it was a tough decision to make because the previous campaign, Forest Green, the other successful sides, Port Vale especially, utilised that three at the back, playing with wing-back system superbly well. We tried it in the summer, we tried it in pre-season and to be fair, it worked and we gave it a go at Salford and we also said on the podcast after the Salford game, we probably need another two, three weeks trial in it. And, but now we're into a league season. We stuck with it, we stuck with it, we stuck with it. But it was evident the more games that went on, we didn't have the personnel to play it. Is the reluctance to change it? And we're talking probably February time, maybe January if we're being kind, on a consistent basis, I mean week in, week out. Is the failure to change it one of the percentage factors which we have to look at and go that contributed towards that 1%, which cost us in the end. You could say that, I suppose, but I don't particularly, you know, bode well with that argument, Adam. You know, he plays what, Nigel plays what, whichever, you know, way he wants to play, whichever, whoever, what players he's got available at that time. And he obviously sees them in training. He knows all the ins and outs, what they can do, what they can't do. Now, whether they're not doing their jobs... You know, Nigel will coach them to do whatever. But I, I don't really bide that all the time. You know, he played it with a certain way. It works sometimes, it doesn't work. And so we had to go to plan B. And sometimes we had a plan B, not always. But, you know, I, I don't always agree with that. You know, you play you play on your merits. You don't have to worry about anybody else. I'm a big believer in that. 
you know, so whether it's three at the back, four at the back, I've never liked three at the back, as you know. I've said many a times on the podcast, I prefer four, four, two. That's me, old school, whatever. But like I say, I don't always agree with, you know, tactically, it wasn't right. Yeah, maybe it's a different way of phrasing it, Nick. Maybe it is looking at um, personnel and going, well, when we had the personnel available to play it, when we were talking Hewitt playing wing back, right wing back, when we were talking Macker at left wing back, when we had the personnel to play it, yeah, I don't actually say I, I couldn't actually sit here and say it didn't work because it did with those players, but it felt more often than not this season that those players weren't available and we were trying too hard to try and make the slipper fit. Yeah, I think we were, and it stretched us at the worst possible positions, which was fullback, which we didn't have. We had one right back, Kellen Gordon, who's technically a wing back, and we had Macca, because Hewitt was playing the centre back role. Yeah. So we only had one of each. So and the wing backs are the most important in a five, aren't they? Um, and we didn't have that. We didn't have the depth, and it kind of stretches in the worst possible position, because you could argue that the four one two one two that he played last season stretched us in a good place, which was centre midfield, where we have about ten of them. It's a great place to have loads of players because we've got loads of centre mids, haven't we? Yeah. You could have an eleven of centre mids, but the one thing we didn't have was fullbacks, and you played a position where the emphasis becomes on the fullbacks. I think that's my only criticism. I'm kind of with Alan; they can't kind of play what they want. Um, you know, the managers see the players more than I do, but to stretch us in a position that we clearly had no cover for was an interesting one for me. We're going to get our international viewpoint uh, very, very soon on the podcast, uh, Clive. Before we do, before we say hello to Stian and. Uh, uh, hello to, to our Norwegian stag. Maybe one more popping up as well. Um, I know you sort of, when we're talking about players playing that position, we look at the January transfer window as a strong window. The summer window, not so much. Maybe we should have tried a little bit harder. And I think that's probably, like we said this time, pretty much this time last week on the club contract situation, where the pressure's going to be on to get the deals right, but get them done in this window rather than six months down the line? Yeah, I thought the club was a little bit complacent in the summer. I think they should have worked a bit harder to get some covering key places. They didn't do it. We suffered from it. And let's remind ourselves, for the vast majority of the time he was a player at Mansfield Town, the big striker played in central defence. Now, you, you could, you're left to wonder what might have happened if Clough had got a slightly different view of the world and he'd kept... Danny Johnson, and playing him alongside uh, Ollie, Ollie Hawkins, would that have been a powerful strike for us? We'll never know that. Pure conjecture. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right, time for you guys to take a, a quick break. So you... No, I can hear you. Uh, there you go. I needed to keep the other camera <laughs> on, but put this one big, and then we'll have to, have to keep messing back with it. Anyway, um, how have you found this season watching from, uh, from a land far, far away? <laughs> well, it's been a season of yeah ups and downs, as you said. Uh, I was thinking about it, looking at the, I mean, points where it did go wrong. For me, I think like I think back to the two games, Leighton and Harrogate at home, how we couldn't get one point at all from those two games. I mean, that's for me, that's it where we lost it, and of course, how we didn't get anything from leading two home against Barrow. So I mean, there's been, yeah, there's been some, some frustrating, some very frustrating games, haven't it? And I think that home game to Leighton was the first time, the only time this season I was actually confident when we went one 0 up. But there you go. Well, well, let's switch from Norway to Brazil and see if we can say hello to Tim. Are you there, Tim? 
Hello, Craig. Hello, everybody. Good, Tim. Great to see you. Um, thanks so much for joining us um, via Brazil. Just remind everybody uh, about yourself and uh, how you've been watching Mansfield Town this season. Right. Well, I, I've been in Brazil for 35 years, so I kind of lost touch uh, with the Stags to some degree. Um, but then, since I've been able to, to pay for I Follow the last three years, then I've really got interested again and in getting back. You know, I'm a, I'm an old uh, West Ham uh, losing to Leicester kind of guy from 1967 or something. Went to Blackpool away, went to Leeds away the following season. Um, what else can I tell you? I've been following it on I Follow. I've seen almost every game of the season which is kind of lucky, I suppose. It turns out cheap. Um, the quality of the iFollow is good. Um, I had one problem where it was down for everybody. I had one problem which was on my computer. I just changed browser and that solved it. Um, I agree with almost all the comments. You know, um, Alan very kindly put a question for me at the first um, Stag supporters meeting with some of the management and the important question was what are we going to do about the defense and in january we actually did something about the defense and we stopped playing you know hawkins at the back and uh, we didn't really. look, uh, <laughs> and, you know we didn't uh, we looked far 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 better after that we still look slow and we we've let in too many goals with balls over the top which we just don't seem to be able to handle. I'm also critical, and, and it's not being mentioned in Mansfield Matters very often. You know, I'm not quite sure what the marking policy is when they're in the box, when, we, when we've got a corner against us. You know, I'm not quite sure what they're trying to do. Mm. Uh, it seems that very often um, the opposition get free headers. So I'm not quite sure how they're organising that. Never been able to understand it. Well, That's maybe... It. I, Go on. It's very frustrating that um, it's very frustrating that we've had so many games where we've hardly looked like scoring, and yet we're one of the top scorers in in the division. You know, um, well, maybe difficult maybe to they... difficult to understand. Yeah, like maybe some they... games we manage it, and some days some games we don't look like it at all. Maybe next season we'll get some answers. Stian, Stian, I'll come back to uh, to yourself. Um, high points and low points of uh, the 2022-23 campaign from your point of view from watching from afar well from watching from afar uh, oh, oh, uh yeah as i mentioned two three against barrow <laughs> big love point and uh, from watching from afar it it must have been that away game against crew where we i think we're one nil down going into extra time and then swan and big hawks saved us so that must be like the big, the big up point, and also I went, I went obviously to to Colchester and to actually watch them and to to greet the players, even though it wasn't a playoff, but to just have that those ten minutes singing to the players after the game. I think that must be my my high point from from this season, really. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tim, what about you? Um, highs and lows from uh, from a supporter's perspective. Well, I think uh, Barrow away. Um, and I think that, you know, I'm disappointed with Clough bringing the subs on too late every time. He needs to give these uh, these other players more more uh, match time, more pitch time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, gentlemen, um, 
I'm going to move uh, swiftly on uh, and talk about your hopes for next season. And then we'll keep you in the waiting room. We'll get you back on at the end of the show when we do our traditional end of season quiz. Um, so you can keep listening in the guest room. You can uh, play along as well. We'll get you back on at the end of the show. Um, hopes for next season. Stian, we were talking here earlier uh, about a potential, you know, it, whilst it's disappointing at the moment to not finish in the playoffs, that actually it could prove to be a positive thing and something for us to push on uh, in the next season. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, I thought this would be the season, though, uh, with getting automatics. But I think for next season, I'm looking at these playoffs. But I agree with your points. I don't think we were uh, good enough to play in the playoffs this season at all. But when you look at a table, you kind of think this should have been our season because I don't think teams like Wrexham, Notts County coming up, MK Dons coming down, I don't, I don't look at the table and thinking it's going to be easier. But at the same time with us, perhaps having a normal season in terms of injuries, we we should be in the mix. Yeah, absolutely. Tim, finally from you, your hopes for, for, for next for the next campaign? Well, I think one of the one of the problems with Cluppy was he was playing too many players out of position. So if we've got fi a, a fixed better squad and uh, less injuries, you know, that, then I guess we stand a better chance of getting into the playoffs or get promotion. Excellent. Gentlemen, thanks so much for your contributions. We'll get you back on uh, later on in the show. Stay where you are in the guest room. Find yourself a pen and paper because in about half an hour's time, you're going to need it. Let's find out if transatlantic support actually knows more about what's happened this season than all five in the room. We'll catch you up later on. Tim, uh, Stian, thanks so much for joining us. As always, if you guys at home want to uh, uh, get in the, the comments, uh, feel free to do so. Jamie says Nigel Clough needs to show some guts next season and make some tough decisions to get it right. As always, if you want to have your say on your team, you are free uh, to do so. Um, and we'll get to them uh, as and when we can. I appreciate there's a lot going on uh, tonight. Um, before we talk retain list, uh, Alan, let's talk um, goals and stats and, and things like that. And uh, look at uh, those little things this season. We've mentioned goals a little bit with the whole um, lack of um, firepower in some areas. Um, only one player managed to reach double figures, uh, and that being, of course, Wolves won. Lucas Aikens was just behind with nine. Uh, then it's Lapsley on seven, Harbottle with six, Keeler Dunn on six, which is a huge, huge achievement considering uh, he only arrived in January. I think it's very good. And like I say, I don't think it's... Uh, you don't necessarily need a 20-goal-a-season man either. Like Clive said before, you know, we've had people chipping in from all over. You don't get the second-highest scorers. You know, it's not a fluke. They're obviously doing something right. And you've only got to get the 20-goal-a-season man injured, you know, for like six months or whatever. And we would do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, what happens? So, But who's to say, with my confidence and, uh, you know head on again, that Gale's not going to get 20 next season. It might just come good. Yeah. You know, it might be the jewel in the crown. Give him a chance and see what he can do. Because if we don't get Swan, you've got a, a ready-made replacement there. Yeah, four goals for him this season uh, in League and Cup. It's been a real good season uh, for him. Elsewhere scorers, uh, Ollie Clark with five. Ollie Hawkins departed with five. George Maris got five, as did Reese Oates. Jordan Barry with four. Gail, as I mentioned, with four. Alfie Kilgore also wow. contributing uh, from the back with four. Heron Botang with three. Quinn with two. Kellen Gordon with one. 
The man who tied his shoelaces with one, Hewitt popped up with one, as did McLaughlin, and one own goal, and a partridge in a pear tree. Interestingly, though, Nick, uh, let's talk assists, because top of the assist charts, joint, Stephen Quinn, George Lapsley, Elliot Hewitt, and Lucas Aikens with eight. The interesting two in, in, in that um, list uh, Elliot Hewitt, which obviously shows how much of a miss he's going to be next season, but also <laughs> Lucas Aikens because found his feet in the latter half of the campaign playing in a forward position rather than at right wing back, which was a big, big tick. But also with those assists shows us that even despite his age, how much of an important player he is to the team. I think to be one behind the top scorer and to be joint assist maker puts him quite high up in the uh, the rankings for this season. Um, he's invaluable to me. I think he has to play up front alongside somebody who's got a bit of pace about them. Um, and I think that's kind of where we should be aiming for next season. The Hoot one's really interesting. He played centre-back for most of the season, then up with eight assists. Mm. That's some going. Because he doesn't take pre-kicks, he doesn't take corners. It shows you how good he's been um, crossing the ball. And, and if you'd have asked me what my low point would be, it was finding out that he was injured because he's going to be a massive miss for us next season. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Aikens for me is a, a dead cert to start. I think he's he gets he's had a lot of flack. I think that's sort of waning now. The more people watch him, but yeah, I think him and somebody else could be a real partnership. And the, the Gale one, I don't think any fan would moan if we gave Gale a considerable amount of time. He doesn't have to score twenty goals. No, I'll but be I think just to give him the game time and, and and allow him the time to develop, I don't think fans would care if we scored less or won less games. Mm. If we're giving people like him a chance, I don't yeah. think they would. Because that's quite interesting. In fact, you put it in the group, didn't you? You looked at um, teams who'd given the most amount of minutes to under-23 players. Yeah. And whilst Gale wasn't necessarily an under-23 player, probably falls in that bracket, but Mansfield were actually the second worst? Yeah, second low. I think the highest was 22,000 minutes, and we had 5,000, which was just above Stockport. Now, you can read that two ways, because some of the teams near the bottom were also at the top of that list, so it's not necessarily a great thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I think we just got the mix of experience and youth a little bit skewed. I think we could have given opportunities to others um, I think later on the season. I think that's reinforced by the injury crisis we've had. If you yeah. can't play younger players extra minutes when you're having an injury crisis to your key players, when will you play? Well, Jason Law will be asking that question. We had, what, 10, 11 injuries at one point and he still didn't play. So I mean, the fact that we're talking to him about a new contract to me is bizarre. <laughs> If I was Jake Lowe, I, I love Jake Lowe, he's a lovely, lovely lad, but if I was him in his position, having been offered a new contract and having not played when it was clear there was numerous opportunities to play, I'd be thinking, I'm going to leave that on the back burner and I'm going to actively seek a club that wants to play me, because otherwise 100%. his career's done. Yeah, 100%. If you're not going to play if you're not going to play in that last season that we've just had, then you've got no chance of playing ever, because we'll, you'll never get injuries like that again in one season. Clive, you can have a choice of uh, which which topic you'd like to talk about. Do you want to talk discipline or do you want to talk injuries? Oh, God. I could talk all day about injuries. I'll go for discipline. <laughs> <laughs> Discipline-wise, um, I think we've improved on last season. Yeah. Um, Notably because Quinn didn't get a, a, a sextuplet back and... and he wasn't aided the better by Ollie Hawkins. Still still managed nine yellow cards, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, if you're going to be competitive, and that means being aggressive, you're going to pick up yellow cards. I have no problem with that. It, the trouble is we sometimes get them very early in the game, mm. and then the manager worries about whether they're going to get another one and pulls them off the game. And, and that destroys any game plan it might have had to start with. Uh, yellow cards uh, in alphabetical order. Uh, Boateng got one, Bowery two, Clark eight, Gale three, Harbottle six, Hartigan managed one, 
Hawkins got four. Yeah, Hewitt, one game. Exactly, one game, one yellow card. Hewitt got three, Kilgore one, Keeler done two, Callum Johnson one, Danny Johnson one, Lapsley three, Law three, Maris five, McLaughlin two, O'Toole five. Who remembers John Joe O'Toole? Uh, Reese Oaks two, Hurt eight, Pim managed three, probably for time wasting. Quinn got nine, Reed with one, Swan with two, and Kieran Wallace with seven. In terms of Reds, Boateng one, Bowery one, Maris one, Perch and Quinn. One apiece. Felt like you wanted to say something else. I was just going to say, how has John Joe at all managed to spend enough time on the pitch to get five yellow cards? Yeah, I know. Absolutely. You're not wrong. They must have had five games then. Yeah. They must have had. Uh, it seems like what Kilgore is, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sort of player yeah. he is in the position he's playing to get one yellow card. Yeah. Play all the games he has. It's, it's, it's quite a rare, I think. So Clark is a good example in there. He's got a fistful of, uh, of yellow cards. And that's his Eight. game. Yeah. That's his game. He's a tenacious, aggressive, and sometimes a little bit foolhardy central attacking, sometimes mid, uh, defensive midfielder. But he always puts himself in there. And we've missed him this year. Oh, I think yeah. if next season we have Clark every game, we're yeah. a different team. So yeah. I have no problem with, people, with players getting disciplined. If, if they're worthy, I mean, we had a couple of red cards this season that I, I thought were very un, unfortunate for them to be awarded against the players. Mm. Um, but that's that's linked to refereeing as much as anything, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. Um, let's talk um, statistics in terms of fans in a minute, Jim. But first, let's get this comment from Carl. People need to understand what Lucas Aikens offers. He was never brought to score goals. Uh, seen him play plenty of the years against Burton. He always has a great game against us. And you can see why James and you can see why James Gale's staying and Jimmy Knowles has gone. I like Jimmy, but Gale's streaks ahead and will be a big player next season. Done fantastic when he's been given the chance. Hit the nail on the head uh, with that comment. Let's talk uh, one positive from this campaign, Jim, and that has been the, the rise in attendance. Buoyed, no, no doubt, by the second season post COVID and the fact that we, you know, we're getting more fans into the stadium towards the back end of last season. The expectation last, se last season brought. But one thing we have done is even when our home form has been nowhere near as, as good as what it should have been, we've managed to keep those fans and already the season ticket sales for next season are already a, a very good turnover. So I think we'll probably be able to maintain the same again next campaign. I thought so, yeah. I mean, when, especially the fact we've had a statistically worse season this season than last season to get keep the attendances there, it shows that these fans are probably going to hang about. Mm. And it does make a difference. Um, I just hope it goes over sort of eight, nine thousand. We get the Bishop Street sorted out. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's don't hold your breath. <laughs> more, more chance of um, Jason Law getting a game. <laughs> um, average attendance at home this year, 6,696. Uh, the highest is 8,116 against Doncaster. The lowest, 5,421 against Carlisle. Uh, remember that attendance is tickets sold, including season tickets. Uh, the average away following at the One Course Stadium was 518. The average um, home fans being 6177. And there's superb stats. And, and I just hope that despite a poor home campaign, that those supporters do renew their season tickets and we can get the atmosphere back up to the level that it was last season. Because when the one call is rocking, I think that plays a big impact. I think that would know, be big for us next season. It does, and I think that uh, a lot of that will depend on how the players, uh, players perform. <clears throat> because like we said, we haven't played that well at home mm. and it does, it does have an effect on the crowd. 
the drummer, Daniel, keeps going like he does. We get plenty of uh, singing going, you know, with the uh, quarry lane as well as the West End. Can next season, you know, if we are just picking things that we don't want for next season, can we never sing in 1987 again, please? That'd be just great. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to understand what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm worried about that. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think on, on behalf of the crowd and the atmosphere and whatever, if the crowd, if, sorry, if the team are performing, which they haven't quite done at home this year, like they did last year. I mean, look at the away following. Mm. You know, we've won 12 games away. Is it 12? Yeah. We've won 12 away. And, you know, it's unbelievable away. New Football League record, that, by the way. Club yeah. record uh, wins away in Football League. 40 points on the road. Uh, average away following 913. The highest 2,826 at Doncaster. The lowest 200 at Newport. You were one of them. 200 on a miserable Tuesday night in Newport is not... It's not a criticism. Oh, no, that's a positive, I think, I think, yeah. And I think that 200 is far more than uh, some clubs in our league ever got mm. as an away following. So I think we have stimulated away fans better than we've stimulated home fans this season. Yeah. And I think it all starts and finishes on the pitch. What we need is a good start, an early piece of positive action, ideally an early goal, and the crowd get up for it. Mm. If it's just like swimming in treacle, like some of the matches have been this year, the crowd feel that, and they just they don't react positively enough. So I think we have to we have to hit this season with a bit more vigor than we started the new season than we did this season, in my opinion. But the good thing about the crowds is I don't I mean there's bound to be a little bit of shrinkage because we failed to do what some fans bought season tickets yeah. expecting to see, mm-hmm. which was promotion. But on the same time, I think they've seen a, a team that's gone through crisis and worked their socks off during that time. And some of the players that were being uh, criticised early in the season became a bit more heroes during the second half of the season, which was good. Mm. But uh, the other enticing thing is we've got some fixtures next year which are going to be highly de- uh, desirable. Mm. I mean, the two coming up from the conference, we've got teams coming down. I think we've got more to look forward to this year. And, of course, uh, um, we've, um, we don't have to go down to... Uh, Late Orient again this year. So we do have to go to Forest Green. So what goes around comes around. Uh, my thanks to Martin Shaw for the excellent stats. Keep doing a superb job on iFollow and on uh, StikesNet with all your stat collating. Uh, that's almost it for reflections on the 2022-23 campaign. Uh, we're going to take a short break in a minute, um, which will last about 10 seconds. Um, just enough time for us all to dive into the custard creams. And then we're going to talk retain this. But before we do, we need to wrap things up for this season. And I want a high and a low point from each of you on uh, the panel. Um, Jim, I'm going to start with you. I want one positive thing that you're going to take away from this campaign and one thing you want to improve on. Not a negative because we don't do negatives. We're a positive panel. A high and improvement point, right. Um, Microphone to the lips, please. High point for the amount of chances created and something to improve on, depth in the squad. Alan? High point, Alfie Kilgore. Low point, get somebody at the side of him. Nick? Low point, as I said, was was hearing about the Hewitt injury. That really set me back a bit, that one. That wasn't, uh, that wasn't the best news. The high point for me was the emergence of James Gale at the end of the season. I think that made me uh, think actually a lot more positively about next year. Clive? High point, the first 25 minutes at Carlisle. <laughs> uh, the low point, every minute after that. Yeah. <laughs> the low point, the last that. two minutes at uh, Swindon, <laughs> which ultimately cost us a place in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, I 
thing uh, in terms of thing the low point in terms of things to improve on not changing quick enough in terms of both tactically in terms of switching from the three at the back when we had the play when we didn't have the players available like we touched upon but also in games when it was clear that we needed some fresh legs we were a little bit too hesitant at times to, to bring them on a substitution in the 85th minute for me doesn't have an impact on the game you have five substitutions this season. It was a rule which was brought in um, after the COVID experiment. I personally like that rule, and I think we didn't utilise it to our advantage enough. Um, so I'd like to see that <coughs> built upon and, and tweaked next season. But a high point and a positive, and it's one thing we've not particularly spoke about, is the fact that whilst we were sometimes inconsistent between home and away, in terms of league standing consistency, after the fifth game of the season, we never once dropped out of the top ten. And I think that's a real good um, standing of... Even when things weren't, weren't going well, we had a bit of a dip from uh, fourth down to ninth at one point, uh, midway through the season, after about 14, 15 games. We managed to stay in that top ten. We always managed to stay near that rope which would dangle and give ourselves a <coughs> If we'd have been up and, up and down all, all season... I don't think we'd have, um, I would have had as much confidence going into next season. So the fact that we managed to do that after five games and stay in that top 10, I think is a real big um, plus point. Right, we're going to take a very short break. It'll be longer if you're listening to the audio <coughs> on this because ching, 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 money, 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 advert, advert, advert. Um, talk sport, Neil. Um, but if you're watching the video version of this, it'll be about 10 seconds. So don't go anywhere because when we come back here on the Mansfield Matters podcast, we're going to talk 2023. 2024. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the Match for Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Well, I said, um, you know, we'll all be here after the break. Everyone's gone, gone and left me now. I don't know where they've gone, so it's just me now for the next half an hour. No, I'm absolutely joking. They are still here. Hello, everybody. There they are. Give a wave to the camera in the corner. Great to have you with us. Uh, right, let's talk 2023-2024, um, and we start with the retained list. Uh, going through that. If you missed it, 
<clears throat> Here's a little recap. Uh, retained and under contract for the next seat for the 2023-24 campaign. Lucas Aikens, Hiram Botang, Jordan Bowery, Ollie Clark, James Gale, Anthony Hartigan, Elliot Hewitt, Callum Johnson, Davis Keeler Dunn, Alfie Kilgore, George Maris, Owen Mason, Stephen McLaughlin, Research, John Jones Hall, and Louis Reed, Lewis Reed. Option triggered, therefore under contract. Taylor Anderson and Scott Flinders. Discussions underway with George Cooper, Jason Law, James Perch, Stephen Quinn, and Kieran Wallace. Thoughts, Alan? I hope, <coughs> I hope George Cooper signs because I really like that lad. I think he could be another quality uh, addition, especially in the defence where we've been struggling. I really do like the looks of George Cooper, and uh, you know I think there's some uh, <coughs> usual names, good uh, squad basis of a good squad, and let's just get a few quality additions. We know where we need them. You know, get out there while they. You know, I've noticed today that Lincoln has got rid of uh, one of their main defenders, or you know, is let they've let him go, and he's you know Wrexham's putting a bid in. You know, everybody. Let's get in there quite sharpish, because Nigel said he'd already got his sights on, you know, the people who he wanted to bring in. Let's get it done, you know, soon as rather than later, so they can go on the uh, pre-season. In terms of people released, Jim, no shocks whatsoever. Danny Johnson, that, that was coming a mile off. Anybody that thinks otherwise, that didn't think that was going to happen. Wow. Um, and Jimmy Knowles, um, disappointed for the lad, but given his age and given his injuries, he's not really broken when he's had the chance. And when you compare him to James Gale, I think the, the, the two different worlds apart, aren't they? Yeah, and I think if you look at Danny Johnson and Jimmy Knowles, they're penalty box players. And it's just not, that's what that's all they do. When you look at Nigel Clough, he's not about that at all. Which may, I always think, well, why did he sign Danny, Danny Johnson? Because he's the player that he was at Leighton Orient. He didn't change. So it's like they've not done the due diligence on him. Why did they sign him in the first place? He doesn't go in for that kind of strike. It makes you wonder whether Clough actually signed him or yeah. not. Well, it's, it just something doesn't step up there for me. So it's not a surprise to see him go at all. I just a bit more thought into signings, you know, would be nice. But I'm I'm very positive looking forward to next season. I think the nucleus of the squad is going into a new season is better than I can ever remember it going into a season for a long time. Nick, thoughts on the, the the core of that squad? I think we're probably a little bit surprised, but there's no saying that this won't happen, particularly with um, John Joe Tall, because he's not played. He's obviously been out injured. For me, I think it's been a, a big miss because he was the core of the, the previous campaign. Um, and I think he still would offer us something, but obviously he was transfer listed in January, didn't get a, didn't get a move. Um, and I think, and this is not to, to, to have a dig, we obviously had that thing in January when we got rid of Ollie Hawkins about the age thing, and yet we still keep it. We've still got a core of the squad there who were very much older than what Ollie Hawkins was. So it it brings into question that directional thing. But if the players brought through the door are of a younger age and it balances out that way, that's the long term vision coming to fruition. Yeah, I think we need the, the younger lads in. I'd like to run a predictor of what League Two club Danny Johnson will score against us playing for next season because that's bound to happen. Swindon. Write that, yeah, write that down already. Um, in terms of O'Toole, for me, I think he's still. I, I think I think the time has ran for that. I, I think when he stepped into midfield against Northampton in the playoffs, I thought, yeah, him and Wallace, dream team. And I thought he's going to play there next season. And he just didn't. He just never appeared, did he? Really. So I think his time, his his time's gone. 
Um, and I think just just some. I think we just need pace. Mm-hmm. I think that's all we really. I, I don't think you know, young or old. I don't mind if they're fast and old. It matters to me. I just think we lack that youthful exuberance that some clubs have come to Mansfield and played with. They've not necessarily. I've not seen a team come to Mansfield have been better in quality, but I've seen teams have more pace and more dynamism, especially on the wings. Uh, and I think just that little bit of injection of pace around the likes of Quinn, Clark, uh, Perch, all those sort of players who are experienced and and sort of our, our stalwarts of the team, a little bit of pace in and around them. Um, I think that's, <coughs> what, uh, that's what we need. But I, I did, there are no surprises for me, apart from I didn't realise O'Toole was still on the contract. Uh, interesting question from uh, Nathan in the comments, uh, which I'll put to you, Clive. A keeper, or would you put Flinders as number one and Owen Mason as number two? Owen Mason, by all accounts, has had a superb season of development. He's been on loan to a number of clubs. He's obviously got um, call-up with Republic of Ireland um, under-19 squad, got some really vast experience and I know he, he's highly rated. Scott Flinders, when we saw him play this season, was absolutely superb and would be a superb number one for any football league club. So what would your take on that be? Because for me at the minute, I don't necessarily think that goalkeeper is the number one position that we need to recruit for. You've just answered my question, your own question. Absolutely. Flinders has not put a foot wrong, in my opinion. And I think he's on our books. He's our player. He wants to be here. Give him the number one jersey. I'm not, I don't know enough about Mason, but he's been, he's been going through the ranks. He's, he's an international. Um, and why not? He, he needs to develop. And the way to develop is to be guaranteed a number two slot. Mm. Yeah, I think so. And when you've got Adam Collin as well, who's a very capable coach and uh, you know a, a, a capable third choice if you, if you needed him. You know, you can always dip into the loan market for emergency goalkeepers. It's very different. Obviously, people will be asking the question about Pim, Nick. Maybe people might be throwing Nathan Bishop's name into the mix um, as well. I think we probably need to move on from yeah, those. Again, I, learn from that thing of never falling in love with loan I, players. I just think Owen Mason, he's, if he's going to make it at Mansfield, he's going to have to play in the next two, one to two seasons. He's going to have to be a first-team player in League Two. Yeah, He can't keep going out and loan to Kettering and various other teams, which is great when you're really young. But you've either got to trust him and throw him in as number one, or you've got to have him at least a season with Flinders. And I think a season or two behind Flinders as number two, playing in the I mean the Johnsons paint Papa John's pizza stuffed crust cup. So that gives you um, <laughs> new sponsorship name next season. Yeah, they can't get that on the shirts. Um, they that gives him probably ten games a season in all the cups. And working behind Scott Flinders, who like you say, I don't think he put a foot wrong in those games. I think the defence got ten times more assured. Keep them. We've got two goalkeepers. It would be a waste of money. <coughs> be an absolute waste of money if you if you went out and spent another two or three grand a week on a goalkeeper that we really have done before and don't need. Um, in terms of positions that we need to strengthen, Jim, the big one is we need to replace Elliot Hewitt. But there is only one Elliot Hewitt. There is, and I think as Nick said, I think he's going to be a real loss. He's been our best player by a mile for the last year or so. He's a gamer as well, isn't he? He plays every week, well, till he got injured. And he's Mr. 8 out of 10 every week. But, um, I mean, it's so sort of obvious what we need. We need cover at fullback, another centre-back, because I think Birch, really, his legs have gone. And, um, yeah, and a striker for me. I don't think we need too much. I don't. I have to say, on the, on the Perch thing, obviously him and Quinn have both been offered new deals. I hope they both take them. Um I'm cautious over the Stephen Quinn one, Alan, because he's a superb player, passionate, really drives our midfield, but we cannot keep relying on him. And if he signs a new contract because Clough trusts him, because he's worked with him before and because we know he can do it, 
he will play more than probably what he should. The perch one's a different one for me because whilst he is a little bit slower than what he was, whilst his, his legs maybe have gone, I don't think it, for me, it, it, that's too much of a negative because the way he reads a game, the way he captains, the way he leads, the way he steps in, all right, sometimes he'll make a few mistakes which come with age and come with, with, with playing where he's been playing. But he's as big of an impact person within that dressing room as Stephen Quinn for me. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But in my opinion, I would keep him as squad players. Mm. If they're good enough, yeah, it doesn't matter whether they're 36, 37, 38, whatever. If they need to play, and like Quinny has done, and Perchie, to be fair, this season, because I've, I've always said, you know, I want somebody, if Perchie's playing, you need somebody who's sharp at the side of him, like your Arbuckle was. And, you know, people, players like that. But now we've got Kilgore, put him in the squad, leave him in the squad, and if needed, he'll do a damn good job, I'm sure. Same as Quinn. But, yes, definitely as squad players. Uh, Clive, final thoughts on, uh, on, on what <coughs> we need to identify um, as well for, for the forthcoming season? Because it's not just Elliot Hewitt's injury that we need to replace. We are in desperate need of a left-back. <laughs> Both left and right backs need cover, no question about that. So um, we, it's a shame we've got to do it to uh, to have somebody to cover for uh, a long-term injury to our best player. And we've had this hole in our plan for a season and a half in not having cover for the left backs, so and that's got to happen. Just going back to Quinn very quickly, I distinctly thought he was waving goodbye uh, to Colchester, to the fans. And he has, apparently he has said this is his last season, so he's going to have to be convinced to make a different decision, I think. He might do. He's an emotional player. If he buys the emotional investment in the club next year, and I hope he does, because he, he whilst he's not 23, uh, sorry, he's not 46 90-minute games in him anymore. Yeah. In fact, there wasn't when we recruited him. But he's been pushed to, to work a lot harder and a lot longer than his body would have wanted him to. That's a circumstance. But I'd have liked him seeing it going into coaching, but apparently, according to Clough, he's never going to be a coach. Yeah, he's got other interests, hasn't he? He's also. got a shillelagh manufacturing company somewhere, I think. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Um, in the comments, uh, final comments on the retain list. Um, Nathan says, um, going to next season, I think Nigel needs to do subs earlier in a game. Yeah, we've covered that. I agree. Uh, Carl says, Flinders had one poor game Grimsby away in the Papa John's really early on, but when he had the run of games, he was brilliant. Again, I think that's probably just ring rusty. Um, when he came in, when he needed to, it was absolutely superb. Uh, and final comment uh, from Carl, uh, the whole Johnson thing was handled poorly by both parties at the end of the day when he came back. I put my arm around him and said, what's ever happened, you're here until the end of the season. Put it behind us and let's start afresh. A player of that quality is the difference and could have been the key to his uh, getting promotion. Good luck to him in the future. Thanks so much uh, for all your comments on that. One thing I did forget to do was reveal the award winners for the 2022-23 uh, campaign. So I'm going to do that. And whilst I do that, um, could you uh, hand around a couple of sheets of paper each? And then you're going to need something from in this little jar here because I I it is quiz time. Uh, you've got the uh, table there. So, Matterfield Matters End of Season Awards. Um, we had a number of categories. The first one was the Impact Player of the Season Award. And it's no surprise... Anybody want to guess who won that one, Clive? Want to have a guess between Kilgore, Aikens, Wallace and Hartigan? Kilgore. Kilgore was the winner with 96.6% uh, of the vote. 
Uh, underrated player of the season, a bit more of a title one on this one. Nominees were James Perch, Lucas Aikens, Will Swan and Kieran Wallace. Alan Guesses? Uh, on... Aikens. Nick, Guesses? If it wasn't Aikens, I'd go Wallace. It was Wallace with 41.4% uh, of the votes. I did not read that. Craig. <laughs> we're not all I'm not going Young prospect of the season, uh, nominees were Riley Harbottle, James Gale, Taylor Anson and Mikhail Abdullah. Um, it's a landslide victory for James Gale with 89.7% of the uh, the vote. Signate of the season is up next. The nominees were Anthony Hartig and Stephen McLaughlin, Ollie Clark and John Joe Tool. The winner with 37.9% uh, of the vote was Stephen McLaughlin. Uh, then we had listeners' choice. I failed to um, clarify what this was. So this was basic. This was supposed to be your nomination for your actual player of the season, but I didn't make that clear. Um, so people just put what they wanted. So I'm just going to read through some of the responses. <laughs> <clears throat> Underrated Ollie Clark, Davies Keeler Dunn, great addition to the squad. Alfie Kilgore, um, O'Toole, <laughs> Jordan Bowery, Quinn. O'Toole's dad do that. <laughs> yeah. Nathan, Craig, Dunn, Kieran Wallace, um, Clive, you've got a vote. You're joking. Oh, <laughs> so, oh, oh. <laughs> so your text did come through then. Stephen Quinn, Elliot Hewitt, Alan, you've got a mention. Hey. Uh, Rod Arnold also got a mention. Rod Arnold. Uh, Riley H got a mention. Uh, Jordan Bowery, Kieran Wallace, another one. Uh, I got another mention. Um, choice of what? Question mark. Um, Ollie Clark, Elliot Hewitt. And Cam, so I think Cam must have submitted a vote as well. Yeah. Um, the next one is this one's a bit of a, an arrogant, self-indulgent vote. We did it last year for a bit of a laugh. We've done it again this year, and it and is for the coveted <laughs> podcaster of the season awards. One again. You always complain. The nominees were myself, Alan, Clive, Cam, and Nathan, whoever they are. So, in you know, <laughs> you're a sub for Cam today, and technically for Nathan. So. We'll put you in for them. Uh, and Nick, of course. Um, Nathan got the 12% uh, of the vote. Cam got 4% of the vote. That's about right. Nick, <laughs> you drew with Cam, 4% oh, of the vote. You're joking. In third place, with 16% of the vote, is Alan Wilson. Blimey. 16. In second, in second place... With 20% of the vote is CP, but which CP? Yeah, which CP? Second is Clive. Oh, 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 again, 44% of the vote. You're well all wrong. 44% well of you, you're all wrong, but thank you for all your love. Uh, and the final one, I always like to do this at the end of the season, um, is... To give you guys at home that camera, I don't want to keep looking at that camera. You guys at home the opportunity to send us a message, um, say anything you want about the show, that sort of thing. I always say be kind, so I'll only read the nice ones. Come on to that in a minute. Um, can you find one? Yeah, I can. There's 15 of them. From something called Sea Park. <laughs> yeah, Sea Priest. Thank you for a great season. It's been a pleasure to spend time with you and to get to know you, Craig and Clive. Looking forward to doing it all again over again uh that's from chris who we spend time with on the bus um thanks for another great season episode chaps as a stags fan living in hong kong the mansfield matters podcast really helps me stay connected and interested with the goings on at the club 
Really appreciate all of your efforts. A pleasure. Right. Keep going. Always worth a listen. See you next season. Uh, this one's in all caps, so I'll read it how it, it reads. Great podcast. Look forward to next season. Up the stags. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, see you all next season. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed every podcast. You always make me laugh and have learned so much over the past few years. Keep up the good work. That's from Cluff, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so many of us look forward to each podcast. Roll on next season. P.S. I have a big birthday on the 4th of June, which unfortunately we've missed. But uh, no, we haven't, not yet. Um, happy birthday for the 4th of June, whoever you are. So please can I have a Mansfield Matters mug? Lot. Is this you? You've <laughs> been badgering your season for a mug. Um, if I can find one. Would I yes. Know? I don't know. Oh. Well, there is. I have found one. Oh, no. Which we're going to be playing for oh, in a minute. You're joking. Very pressure, Jim. You've got to win it. You've got to win it. Um, great effort. You're all wonderful. Um, great effort from both, uh, from both teams. A huge uh, thank you very, very much. All good stuff. I love the optimism of Alan. The pessimism of Craig and the information underlying Clive and Nick's comments. Also great that I <laughs> also great that I disagree on occasion with one or two other podcast participants. Love the new female and feminine contributions. We'll be doing more of that this season. I often miss listening live and so contributing to the comments due to lack of um, notifications and uh, short notice and a time zone difference. I'm sure the total listens and number of comments would increase if uh, more and better notice was given. Absolutely, completely get that. The only reason, there's a, two reasons um, why um, we don't keep it consistent. The first one is algorithms. Um, if you do something all the time at 7pm on Facebook or whatever, it wouldn't deliver it to all of you. The second one is more practical. Nick's got a child. Cam's got a child. Nathan's got a child, although it doesn't matter to them too. Um, Alan, Clark, Alan, you've got work commitments. I've got a new sofa. You've got a new sofa. I've got different work commitments. <laughs> so we just try and fit it that. in when as many of us are available. But we will try and do as much as we can to try and keep it more consistent next year. By the way, the, the big birthday is from Kathy. Uh, yes, I'll sort that for you if you sort the other thing out. You know what we're talking about. Chris, we're looking at you. You know what we mean, don't you? You know what I mean. Go, Cathy. Come on, Cathy. You know what you know what he needs to do. Back to the lovely Love comments. Is in the air. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, no, it's not that, is it? Oh, no. Um, <laughs> jump, boy, jump. Have a one-one. Love listening to... Love listening. Better than watching Emmerdale. Can't disagree well, with that. That's not much, is it? Really enjoy the podcast. Genuine fans with honest opinions. Another great season of podcasts. Great job, lads. All the podcasts have been brilliant, but Craig is the maestro. I didn't write that. Thank you so much for whoever said that. Uh, he would know, know how to work Google Form, behave. Um, brilliant Mansfield Matters podcast all season, even with the tech gremlins at times. Absolutely. VAR required for Clive's podcast predictions being capitulated back into contention with the Christmas triple pointers still gutted. That from you? No, we're not guilty. <laughs> we'll do that in a minute. Um, and bring on next season, uh, a podcast promotion season. Much appreciated, Craig, Allen, Clive and Co. Absolutely. And a final one, love the podcast, but please stop slagging off my, my substitutions Slagging off my uh, <laughs> tactical decisions. All the best. Love, Cluffy. 
No, you can't call him that. Can't call him that. That's where it's false. So that's obviously made up. Uh, appreciate all your lovely comments. Thanks so much. And on that as well, um, just want to say, uh, thanks, Clive, um, that the podcast is all about opinions. The reason we sit down every week is to share our opinions, share our thoughts, and have a conversation about Mansfield Town, because that's our passion. It's like going to the pub it's it's that thing and it was really huge in COVID and we wanted to keep it going and I love a discussion and I'm all for debate and discussion <clears throat> and you know what I genuinely don't care if somebody disagrees with my opinion in fact I welcome and encourage that because it's the spark of a conversation but if you're going to do that if you're going to see something on social media and reply to it that's absolutely fine I don't mind that but do it in a way which is an open conversation. Do it in a way where you can have a friendly debate, where you can have a friendly chat. Name calling and personal abuse is not okay and will never be okay. I don't care if you disagree with my opinion. Neither do any of the chaps in this room. Neither do anyone that's been on the podcast. That's the whole point of the podcast. Me and Alan disagree all the time over certain we things. Did. We have done tonight. We but did. we're still friends and we do it in a civilised yeah, way. And I disagree with myself all the time. Exactly. But what we don't do is we don't start keeping calling each other names. We don't make it personal because that's not what it's about. Those small minority of you that do make it personal, you are the problem and you are not welcome. But if you want to drop that and you want to just have it as a nice civilised conversation, then you are welcome. In a world where you can be anything, be kind. Speaking of which, yeah. it's quiz time. <laughs> no. Um, and uh, so for quiz time, you can play along at home if you want. You need a bit of a pen and paper. The guys here in the studio have got a pen and paper. We are playing for the Coveted Mansfield Matters mug. Well done, I'll yeah. whiz through these uh, questions um, as much as I can. Uh, Stian and Tim are there as well. I'm going to pop them on the screen as well, just so uh, uh, we can see them now as well and see them. Make sure that there's no cheating going on. Uh, what do I need to do? I need to do that. Take it off full screen. There we go. There they are. This is um, where I forget everything. Let me just swear you get me Google open. Yeah, so get your Google's off. So no googling, fellas, and uh, and no <laughs> shouting out the answers. We'll, we'll, be well, we'll come to you at the end for the answers. Uh, right, so here we go. Uh, by the way, there are a total of 64 points that could be scored in this 10-question quiz. Okay, pens all working and everything? Uh, yeah. no. There we go, right. Question number one. How many minutes into the season were we when we scored our first goal? How many minutes into the season were we when we scored our first goal? There are no options, it's just a guess. Question two, what I've realised I need to do is I need to put a little bit of background music on here um, because there'll just be a lot of time where we're just sat in silence. It'll pop up eventually. Okay. Um, right, question two, who was the first person to score from the penalty spot this season and for a bonus point against who? Who was the first person to score from the, the penalty spot and for a bonus point against who? No idea. Don't worry about that. Copy mine off. Don't worry about that. Question number three. 
Between and including the 27th of August and the 24th of September, the Stags had just one home game and five away games in all competitions. Name the away games, one point for oh, each. No. There are no points for the scores, it's just the teams, so you're guessing five teams. Between the 27th of August and the 24th of September, and including those dates, the Stags had just one home game and five away games. Can you name all five of the away games? See, I went to every one of them. I can remember none of them. There you go. We've got to write some down. You should write five down. Have a stab. Chelsea. <laughs> they don't quite count. I can't remember any of them. Question four. In October, the Stags won their first penalty shootout in over a decade. Who did they beat? And for a bonus point, that's one per player, name the successful penalty takers. So in October, the Stags won their first penalty shootout in over a decade. Who did they beat? And for a bonus point per player, name the successful penalty takers. We'll recap some of those questions later on for you. Question five. Excluding league games, name our goal scorers from our cup competitions. That's the League Cup, the FA Cup, and the EFL Trophy. That's one point each. And I can tell you, there are eight of them. So we had eight goal scorers outside of league games, aka in cup games. Name them, one point each. League Cup, FA Cup, and EFL Trophy. To recap those for you, the EFL Trophy, of course, Manchester City under-21s, Grimsby, Derby, and then uh, a trip to Everton, where we threw it away in the 90th minute. The League Cup, also Derby, and the FA Cup, Barrow and Sheffield Wednesday. Eight goals in those games, who scored them? Now, let's see who's been paying attention to the show tonight. Question six, name the top five players who picked up the most yellow cards, one point per player. So we've run through all those stats earlier on. Name the top five players who've picked up the most yellow cards, that's one point per player. Question seven, everybody's favorite, it's anagram time. And I think we've got a new contender, so we all remember Randy Wands. How about Strict Fondles? Strict Fondles is an anagram of which Stags player? That's S-T-R-I-C-T-F-O-N-D-L-E-S. Strict Fondles. Is this a current player? It's a current Stags player. Yes. Player of this I've season. Got player of this right. season. Chris, well done, Nick. I've Chris got Strict Fondles. Strict Fondles. Have you got Strict Fondles? I have, yeah. Oh, there you go. I've played down them, but it's not. <laughs> uh, question eight. Harrogate Town and Sutton United continue to be our bogey sides. What were the scores in both games against both teams? That's one point per correct answer. So home and away against Sutton and Harrogate. Scores, please. Oh, the tandra now. Got another one? There's plenty. Down. Do I go away with it? 
We've got a notebook if you want to lean on that. A bit more. You want something to no, lean on? Uh, sorry, was that Arrogant and Sutton? Sutton, yeah. Um, question nine. This is the last serious one, really. And it's a list again. Your list. I know. This is where you're going to score points. According to data acquired from footballwebpages.co.uk, name up the top ten players by appearances that starts and subs combined. And here's where it gets interesting. You get one point per correct answer, so that a total of ten. You get double points if you get them in the correct order. No, sorry, you get double points, sorry, if you get all ten, and triple points if you get all ten in order. Oh, give it a rest. <laughs> so according to data acquired by footballwebpages.co.uk, name the top ten players by appearance that starts and subs combined. If you're playing along at home, good luck. Stan and Tim are looking poncive. Trying to figure out the answers to the questions. We'll get them in for their answers shortly. Uh, I'll recap the questions for anybody that missed them earlier on, whilst, the, whilst it gives you time to do that list. Question one was how many minutes into the season were we when we scored our first goal? Question two was who were the first person to score from the penalty spot and against who? Question three, between and including the 27th of August and the 24th of September, the Stags had just one home game and five away games in all competitions. Name those away games. Question four was in October, the Stags won their first penalty shootout in over a decade. Who did they beat? And for a bonus point per player, name the successful penalty takers. Question five was excluding league games, name our goal scorers from our cup competitions, that's League Cup, FA Cup and EFL Trophy. Question six was name the top five players who picked up the most yellow cards. Question seven was strict fundals, who is it? Question eight was Harrogate Town and Sutton United are our bogey sides and continue to be. But what were the scores in both games against both opponents uh, this season? And where we are now, question nine. According to data acquired from footballwebpages.co.uk, name the top 10 players by appearance that starts and subs combined. The final question, we ask this in every Mansfield Town quiz since Nigel Clough has been appointed. Question 10, who is the Stags assistant manager? So they should get at least one point apiece. Uh, right, whilst you're finishing that up, I'm going to go over to Tim in Brazil. Come in, Tim in Brazil. How do you think you did in that one? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> uh, I, can't, I, I can't remember what I had for lunch. <laughs> well, we'll see how you did later. That was question 11. But yeah, that was question 11, actually. Cheese sandwich, I've got that. Uh, uh, Stan, I'm going to come back to you. How do you think you did? Uh, I'm struggling still. I back myself going into this, but this is... Oof. We'll pop you back on mute for now. I'll come, I'll, I will unmute you when, uh, I think five when we're ready. Uh, right, Jim. Yeah. Obviously it's on you. How do you, Microphone, please. I can hear you, but a lot of people at home won't be able to. Um, you have badgered me all season for one of these. I said I couldn't find one. Might have lied. 
So we could do this. In this box, right here, is what I think is the last Mansfield Matters mug. Get a bit nervous now. <laughs> I'll stick with that. Touch it. Nope. <laughs> Take it away. You got the chance to win this. Come on, Jim. How do you doing? think you've done? Uh, not first. I don't. Definitely not for them all. But uh, well, you're going to be the man for, for the answers here. Question one. Mark your own. Um, how many minutes into the season were we when we scored our first goal? Um, Clive. 117. Jim, what did you get? Microphone, please. Keep that in your hand if you don't mind. Uh, 36. Alan. 108. Nick. 120. Oh, is this overall or in the game? How many minutes into the season oh, were we going to score a first goal? Yeah, yeah. No, I've got it wrong. Uh, the correct answer was 150. <laughs> no, well done. That's closest. You get a point for being closest? No. Oh, you're you joking. Oh, no, you got to get back all on. Right, no, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. No, right, I'll check with our two uh, international guests. Oh, no, I don't want a point. No, 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 no. no, no. Stin, what did you have? You got... I had 128. 128. No, we don't give a point. Uh, Tim, what did you have? 120. Yay! Uh, one point for Steen, half a point for Nick and uh, for Nick and Tim. Thank you. Yeah. That'll do. Uh, question two: Who was the first person to score from the penalty spot and against who? Steen, what did you just get? Uh, Oates against Wimbledon. Correct answer. Question Yay. three: uh, Between and including the 27th of August and the 24th of September. One home game, five away games in all competitions. Name the away games. Clive, you went to all five, so I'm going to come to you. I've got Chelsea, Arsenal, West Ham and Stranraer. I can't remember the others. Uh, incorrect. Uh, Nick, I'm going to come to you. I, I think I've got this terrifically wrong. I've got Doncaster. Yes. Harrogate. No. Sutton. Yes. Barrow. No. And Crewe. Yes. So i got three. Yes. yes. The correct answers: Sutton United, Doncaster Rovers, Gillingham, Grimsby yeah, Gillingham. in the, in the uh, Pizza Cross. Cop and crew. Uh, in October, the Stags, for question four, won their first penalty shootout in over a decade. Who did they beat? Uh, Tim, who did they beat? Derby. Correct answer. Uh, and for bonus points, the successful penalty takers, Alan Wilson, were? Lord Barry Gale. Uh, Will Swan, George Lapsley, Elliot Hewitt, James Gale, Ollie Clark. And Ollie Hawkins. What a four. Well done if you got all six. Yeah, a point each plus a point for Derby. Uh, yes, <laughs> one point for Derby to clarify and one point for correct So that's, 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 that's nil plus nil. Nil <laughs> plus nil, Clive's doing well. Um, question five, excluding league games, cup goal scorers, Jim. Uh, Hawkins, Lapsley, Gale, Oates, Hewitt. Uh, Hawkins, Maris. Lapsley, Aikens, Gale, Lapsley, and Oates. Uh, so Hawkins got two, Lapsley got two. So Hawkins, Maris, uh, Lapsley, Aikens, Gale, and Oates were the correct answers. Um, well, lads. well done. Uh, let's see if you get any more with this one, uh, Clive. Top five players who were yellow carded, please. Perch Clark, Hotel, Quinn Hawkins. Perch Clark, Hotel. Perch, Cl Perch and Clark, you got, did you say Quinn? 
I said Quinn and yeah. Hawkins. No. O'Toole. No. Wallace and Harbottle were the other two. Quinn with nine, <laughs> Clark with eight, Perch with eight, Wallace with seven, and Harbottle with six. <coughs> Mick, you got this one straight away. You said Strick Fondles. Yeah. I think Strick Fondles is Scott Flinders. Correct answer. Scott Flinders. Question yeah. eight, Stephen, I'm coming to you. Harrogate Town and Sutton continues to our bogey side. What were the yeah. Yeah. both games? So, Sutton away. 2-1 loss. Correct. Goalless draw at home. Correct. Oh. And Harrogate 3-0 away. Yes. And 2-1 at home. Correct. Oh, yeah. four, four, four. Is that is that four points then? Four points. Four points. Four, four points. He's got the fixture list on his screen now. Yeah, he has, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, here's the big one. Um, Alan, I'm going to come to you for this one. According to data acquired by footballwebpages.co.uk, the top ten players by appearance to start and subs combined. Give me your list, please. Lee Roberts. Him, Birch, Hewitt, Clark, Hawkins, Aikens, Maris, Quinn, Oates and Barry. You got a few, so you can tick off them, but you didn't get them all in order. No. And you didn't get all ten. Let's see if anybody I do did. Apologize. In order. <laughs> so you should. In order, top, uh, I didn't write down how many they got, so let me just find my sheet again. Uh, the top 10 were Elliot Hewitt on 46, yeah. Christy Pym was just behind on 45, yeah. uh, Stephen Quinn then in third with 44, yeah. Lucas Aikens in fourth with 43, yeah. Jordan Bowery with 42, yeah. James Perch with Ooh, 42. Hiram Boateng oh, on 40, uh, Ollie true. Clark on 40, George Maris on 39, and in at 10 was Riley Harbottle with 35. Did anybody get all 10? No. no. Still? Eight. No? Eight. Tim? No? no. Eight. 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 What I'm going to do, I'm going to go around all of you, just give me a number, I'm going to give a bonus point Ooh. for the people who get the highest. Tim, you said eight. Stian, you said? For the ninth, I think I got four. Jim? Eight. 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 I struggled to name ten players that weren't injured, so I got seven. Five, six. Uh, bonus points to Alan, to Jim, and to Tim. Well done. Oh, giving them away for nothing these days. I know, I'm being kind. I could only remember six. And the final all. question, we pushed for time. The final <laughs> question. Uh, we've got five minutes left, let's get through it. Um, who is the state assistant manager? Clive? Bing Crosby. Close. No cigar. Gary Crosby. Gary Crosby is the correct answer. So, Tim, count up your points, please. How many points did you get? 17 and a half. Stian? 23. Uh, Clive? 18. Nick? I'm not ruling out a Christmas and end of season double here, but 27 and a half. Oh, oh Alan. <laughs> I think I'm just saying a recap. I think I've got 27. You're joking. No way. Well, these are independently checking. One, nine, ten. That half a point's going to win, isn't it? Sorry, now, 24. Oh, 24. Point for every score and the... Where, where are you stopping out? I'll clarify. So Derby won. One point for Derby County and then one point for Will Swan. One point for George Lapsley. One for Elliot Hewitt. 
one for James Gale, well, one for Ollie Clark, and well, one for Ollie Hawkins. And the top scorers. Uh, one now, point each. Right. Hawkins, right. Maris, Lapsley, Aikens, Gale, Oates, six. And the, the Sutton and Harriet scores, is that just one? One, one point per game. So, one point per game. Right, yeah, so there's okay. four there. So if you said two, one. I got all four of them. I got three of them. I got three. I, I, put, I put one, one. We lost two, one, didn't I? Yeah. Great how we all remember the disappointing results. Then, yeah, I think like four wins, we wouldn't get it. What have we got? Contributions this season have been uh, much welcome. Join us again next season. Thank you, thank you. Oh, yes. Surely. Absolutely. Have a fantastic um, close season, guys. We will see you again soon. See Thanks soon. so much for joining us. Um, and uh, to uh, you to you guys at home as well, thanks so much for joining us. Before we go, we've got one last order of business to wrap up, and that, of course, is who has won the coveted podcast predictions table. Oh, it was tight. Nick, on the final day of the season, you had a significant oh. score. No, no, it's not. It's not that. Well done, son. But it's not you. It's not uh. you. Out of our podcast predictions group, you finished bottom. But to say that you started late and forgot quite a lot and of forgot times. quite a lot of times, the points gap between me and you in the end was six. Next you finished on, on thirty-three. I finished on 39, and for once, Nathan didn't win. Get in there. He finished on 43 points. Cam finished on 47, and then it's between Alan and Clive for who won. But I can't say yet because we've got the overall table to do as well. Um, thanks so much um, to all of you that took part and got involved. Um, I'm going to give a mention to the people that got on the scoreboard. These people, some of these people got one or two, which means they played one or two weeks and then forgot. Um, but Lee Taylor, Paul England, James Radford, Adam Parkin, Alfie Foster, Jamie uh, Henson, Harrison, Fraser, Mel Spedin, James Wood, Bart, Ollie B, Rob Siddons, Stags Chat, Mitchell McNear, uh, Kyle, Greg Taylor, Craig Foster, Alex Cartwright, Random Nathan, uh, Keeley Parsons, who we've had on the podcast, uh, Craig Wiles, Andy Bells, uh, Nathan Bower and Tom Parry. You all uh, scored 10 or below. Thanks for your contributions. Moving upwards, it was Stia Nutsford uh, with, uh, with 11 points. Well done, Stia. Um, Proud Stags then uh, with 13. Craig Vincent with 22. Steve Yule, 22. Ashley Mutter, 24. Nick of Mansfield Town shirts fame with 33. Me in 15th place with 39. Kiwi Stag uh, then uh, with 40, as did Tim Phillips. Uh, Nathan Edge with 43. Joint with Nick Felton, who got 43. Adam Crump finished on 44. JS finished on 45, as did J uh, David Shetley. Roger King finished on 46. Cam on 47. 
Ben Swain, who I owe a massive, massive thanks to for doing all of the maths and the, 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 the keeping well of the done, scores. Ben. Thank you, Ben. Finished in fifth. Well done, Ben. Checks in the post, mate. Kathy, there's no cat, there's no check. Kathy Holmes finished just outside the top three in well done, four Kathy. with 48. Steve Nadin finished in fifth, in third with 55. And then it's between Alan Wilson and Clive Parkin. Alan pre predicted a 2-0 win Correct. at Colchester. If you'd have predicted us to finish outside <laughs> of the playoffs and shown one ounce of pessimism, <laughs> you would have beaten Clive. Oh, no. Well... You would have lost out by the narrowest of margins because you I predicted know. us to finish in the playoffs. How do you feel? I'd still do it. I'd still do it tomorrow, mate. Oh, uh, a massive, than pessimism. A massive congratulations to Clive well, Parkin, our winner, who finishes the season well, on sixty-three points. Round of applause for Clive, well, everybody. Well done, well done uh, to Clive. Uh, that is all we've got time for on uh, tonight's Mansfield Matters podcast and this series of the Mansfield Matters podcast. My thanks, uh, as ever, to everybody that's been on the uh, the podcast this season. Um, whether it's someone um, like Keely or Emma or any of the girls that came on and did the Her Game 2 podcast at the Capo Lounge, which was absolutely phenomenal, my thanks um, go to you. Whether it's Jim who's popped up on the phone or Stian or Tim in Brazil that's popped up uh, online, whether it's a one episode contribution or the entirety of the season contribution, we thank you. Thanks so much to Jim, thanks for coming. Thanks so much to Mr. Alan Wilson. Thanks to Nick Great. from Town Shirts. Thanks to Clive. Um, and thanks to you guys at home as well for watching. It's been a long season of ups, downs, ins, outs, and the narrowest of margins. No matter whether you agree with our opinions or not. No matter whether you think I talk rubbish or Clive does or whatever. The fact that you've joined us and the fact that you've interacted and engaged with the conversation is something which means the most to us. We now go into a, a period of rest. There'll be no podcast for a, a few weeks, um, but we will be back for next season. Dan Wright will be back for next season. You can't stop the Series 7. Do you believe that, Alan? Series 7? Yeah. I think five of you are now from the longest serving now on the show. Well, technically, come and... Yeah, yeah. But they seem to have gone into hibernation. Yes, hopefully they'll be back next season. Fingers crossed they're always there. Um, everyone is always uh, welcome. Um, realistically though, all I want to say is to you guys here, um, a massive thank you because um, this season it came as no surprise. Obviously last year we had the commentary stuff, we had the stuff from um, being inside the dressing room which was great. We really took the podcast up another level, really enjoyed that. This season we didn't have that, and for me personally, that was a horrendous time. I didn't want to go to games, but I pushed myself because of this podcast. And you guys coming on every week gave me a reason to keep doing it, and you'll give me a reason to keep doing it again next season. So my thanks uh, to all of you, and my thanks to you at home, the viewer, the listener, whatever it is you are, you make Mansfield Matters. We'll see you again next season, because whether we fall out of the playoffs by one goal, whether it's an injury or a late substitution or whatever, it doesn't matter. The only thing that does matter always is Mansfield. We'll see you again next year for another Mansfield Matters podcast. Good night, goodbye, 
Enjoy the summer. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty. And with a bench full of all star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.